0: Can we just wrap the episode there? The the money was, eh. Yeah. I think we've said everything <laughs> there is to say. Right <laughs> episode over.
1: Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Charles Featherer. Hello, hello. And in this episode, we have a very special guest, Brooke Gardner-Durbin. Hello, Brooke. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hi. So, uh, Brooke is on. In this particular episode, we are going to talk a little bit about compensation. But before we get into that, uh, Brooke, do you want to tell
0: us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I've been uh, playing Magic for quite some time. Uh, playing actually before I could read, um, one of my one of my first uh, m- motivations to learn to read was that uh, Fallen Empires just had a whole bunch of different art for uh, all the different cards, and I couldn't play by memorizing the picture to it anymore. Um, but I was out there casting Sarah Angels and Crow Worms uh, before I could actually tell you what the you know, the were the letters of flying spell
1: and there's a card with a bunny on it right in fallen empires
0: uh that that was a rare and i was getting about 50 cents a week in pocket money so i was uh, unable to acquire the the card you speak of but yeah i forget the name but it was it was one of them <laughs> anyway so i've been playing magic for a good while now uh and uh, a couple breaks but mostly straight through since about Time Spiral and uh I've been uh got my L2 in August of uh 2014 so I've now been judging for a good while uh as well and my first uh larger event was Vegas 2015 um and then For, you know, in in recent years, uh, like a lot of folks, uh, when events went away, uh, I was uh, strongly considering actually tagging out uh, permanently. There were, the only events that were happening for a while were the uh, Command Fests, where my interest is more on the competitive side, and no other real events were happening, and so I was kind of wondering, like, uh, what, what am I doing with this judge certification I got? Uh, but since the recent OP shakeup and like the the announcement of RCQs and events coming back some, in, I want to say like Aprilish um of the earlier this year, I've been you know hit the ground running again. Been back at doing events uh all over the continent, and I'm super excited for a couple events coming up uh early next year uh as I will be. In the first quarter of the year, I'm gonna be the head judge for both the uh Canadian and one of the head judges for the uh U.S. uh RCs, the regional championships. So oh, nice. very much looking forward to those.
1: Nice, that's cool. I wasn't aware of that. That's pretty sweet. Who else is uh Who else is head judging with you?
0: Uh, with the Canadian one, I will be. Uh, my appeals judge will be uh to- uh Toby or uh, Tobias uh, vasari uh, and for the U.S. one, they're trying something interesting again. Instead of a traditional um head judge and appeals judge, they're just having co-head judges. So I'm interested to see how that is going to work out. But my my co-head judges are going to be uh, Steven Swanger and Felipe. Uh, I should look up his last name. I want to say Mon Mon something from Brazil. Yes, yes. I don't know him as well as the other two. I'm going to look up his last name here and try not to butcher it too bad. Monlevade. Yeah, I believe.
1: I've never
0: heard it said out loud. I've only seen it in print. (laughs) Same, same. So I'll have to ask him for the uh, correction on pronunciation next time I see him.
2: Okay, cool, cool. I'm sure we'll get mail about it either
1: way. All right. So tonight's episode, or today's episode, or this morning-afternoon drive to work... This episode is going to be on compensation, so before we get into that, uh, we have some disclaimers. This is all the 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 CYA stuff that we got to do when we're talking about dollars. Charles, what kind of what kind of
2: stuff do we need to CYRA with? <laughs> well, the very first thing listed here is we're we are not lawyers, um, and I guess that goes without saying because I think most of us know what our day jobs are. Um, but but we are not lawyers. We uh, are going to also be talking about mostly the north american slant when it comes to compensation Uh, that does not mean that the things that we say aren't applicable uh, in europe or in in asia or uh, in south america or or wherever magic is played Um, i don't know if we have an l1 down in antarctica yet but if that's the case then um we, we understand that what we're going to be talking about primarily when we do talk about the dollars here When we do talk about certain compensate forms of compensation, that it is really slanted towards the North North American, Um, we did ask uh, via the uh, Twitters to see if we could get some ideas from some other people I I didn't look at the whole thread, but I saw mostly North American responses there as well. Um, We're also not going to address taxes visas or any of the. um, difficulties in paperwork that governments bring into the fold. Um, We aren't CPAs. We're not qualified to talk about those items and matters. Uh, We may mention them briefly as we go through this tonight. Uh, But for the most part, we're going to steer clear of those areas. Uh, I just, I don't know enough about IRS tax law to, to uh, speak in in an informed manner about it. Yeah. Basically,
1: whatever the laws of your, uh local city state country are follow those laws and disregard whatever we talk about so long as you're getting paid does does your a feel covered (laughs) my a is well Uh, covered brooke how's how's your a yeah
0: yeah just uh you know of course like you said we are we are not lawyers this is not legal advice and yeah we can only speak to our experiences which is uh predominantly north american uh so of course I would I would love to travel more for judging than I have. I would love to see, you know, uh Brazil and Paris and 17 other places around the globe, but I have not yet so I've no real information there.
1: So when we're going to be talking about compensation, what we're not going to do is say that you should be asking for x dollar amount or x you know euro amount or how many pounds or anything like that what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the factors that you need to consider that you want to consider when trying to figure out what you should be asking for and what your time is worth and then we'll talk a little bit about kind of what to expect at the different levels but there are a lot of push and pull factors in determining compensation. Like, one of the big ones is why?
0: Why do you judge? Definitely. Uh, Some folks definitely see this as just, uh, you know, something fun to do on the weekends when they're, you know, done with their job that pays them six figures a year other people are trying to use this to help them make up uh rent money because their day-to-day job is leaving them a little lacking there and some folks are trying to do this uh actually full-time and so it you know goes a lot into just a uh, uh what what are you trying to get out of it
2: now full-time is an interesting one for me because i i watch all this and i I, watch, I i've i've watched judges both before and after covid um it was difficult before covid wasn't it
0: uh yeah. Uh so for for me uh a little bit about my my situation. Uh judging has been my primary form of income since uh Vegas 15. I kind of quickly fell in love with the large event thing and have been uh doing it uh basically as much as I can since. But I want to be upfront that Brian, I've seen you post multiple times in multiple places that uh you, you would not recommend to anyone to try to make judging their living and I despite despite the fact that that is, has been my situation I couldn't agree with you more it's uh it's very difficult and you have to recognize that it's basically part-time work because uh, I mean at most you're getting like three days a week of of direct pay and I will also think it's noteworthy that I'm very privileged financially. Uh I've got some inheritance right around Vegas 2015 and so uh I haven't been needing to dip into that. I've been making a profit off of my judging and not taking jobs just because they were um you know just for the fun of it, but I've always known in the back of my head that I had a safety net which would not be available to most people who were attempting to do judging full-time. And so, yeah, I, I fully agree with you that it is very difficult to make a full-time career, and I would not recommend to anyone they get into it as as that.
1: Yeah, and the the reason why I say don't plan on it is because you have to combine a lot of skill with a lot of luck. Like, it's not... It's not something that you can just decide to do on your own. So mm-hmm. if you if you are in the situation where you are judging because you enjoy judging and then you do it for a while and then an opportunity presents itself, then yeah, you know, pull off the road that you're on and go down that exit and, and try and make it happen. But it is going to be a very much a confluence of you putting in the work and then you being in the right place at the right time you know, uh, in, in, in your life. And that's not necessarily something that you can control.
2: And, and I think it goes beyond that, too. in, in what Brian and Brooke are, are both talking about here, and I just want to add this little bit, is that you have no control over being hired either, right? I, we go out and we put out these applications and, and we build up a name for ourselves. And so long as we keep performing and doing well, generally, we can believe that we'll be accepted. But in the pre-COVID days, uh, there could be a run of three or four events where maybe you weren't hired because of various staffing decisions made by the judge manager. Um, It may not have been a personal thing. It may have just been they needed certain people for for the event. Um, Post-COVID, there are fewer events and they're stretched out further and farther between. And there are a lot of different TOs that are stepping up and doing different things. I mean, we all know that Pastimes is running a lot of big events. Um, but there's some smaller TOs that are doing different projects. We'll we'll be talking about some of them as well. And and where uh Brooke says
1: that he's coming at this from the standpoint of his career, I'm coming at this as a standpoint of a hobby. Okay. Even uh pre pre Judge Academy when uh I was exemplar lead and program coordinator with a contract from Wizards, I still kinda of considered it my hobby because it was fun and if uh, you know. If I wanted to walk away, I did it because I enjoyed it. And if I wanted to leave, I could. So, you know, um, the money was, eh. <laughs> so I just kind of, I just kind of uh, discounted that. I did it because can, you know, I'll just be one of the leaders of a five thousand person program just for the fun of it. Because you know,
0: hey, can, can we just wrap the episode there? The the money was. Eh. Yeah. I think we've said everything there is to say. Right <laughs> Episode over. <laughs> right.
1: right. But the, the big the big thing is, is in this pool of judges, okay, when you go to a large event or when we talk about F&Ms, there are people that are doing this, you know, just because they enjoy it and they don't really care about the dollars people that are doing it to kind of supplement income and then there's you know pay for the hobby or pay for their new commander decks or whatever and then there's people that do it because this is they want this to be a job so it makes it difficult to talk about a uniform compensation philosophy or or advice or or not not financial advice but just lowercase advice for there's there's not really a whole lot of one size fits all
0: yeah i totally agree um not just because people have different goals with it, but also because for most people, uh, almost almost everyone has something else happening. Uh, just because, you know, it, it, even if you're very lucky and you're getting staffed every single weekend for a large event, that's still only two or three days of work a week. And so most people have something else going on. And so again, if you're you know, if your real life job is uh, a doctor and you're making a quarter of a million a year, working seventy hour weeks, and you have one Saturday off uh, a a month, you're probably going to value that Saturday really differently than someone else who just maybe is working their way through college at Taco Bell or whatever, and you know could use every dime they can possibly get a hold of, and they've all of their Saturdays are open. Um, those are, you know, very different financial situations.
1: When you are trying to figure things out, the first thing you want to do is figure out why you're judging, you know, in in terms of in terms of hobby, side hustle, or career. Also, you want to look at the size slash complexity of an event. Okay, not all events are the same. Like one hour at an event is not necessarily the same across the board. You know, one hour at an FNM and one hour on sides at SCGCon are not the same amount of effort. The, the skill sets are different, and the complexity of what you're going to be asked and the number of tasks you might be asked to perform are very different. Uh, so what's another factor?
0: Uh, The travel time. Uh, You mentioned for, like, a, a hypothetical as an SCGCon. Uh, a lot of folks are going to have to travel some amount of ways to be there. Uh, They're largely regional events. They aren't expecting most of the staff to fly in, I don't think. But, you know, it's rare that there's going to be, you know, a lot of people are still going to have to drive a couple hours to get there. Whereas if you're working at your local game store, it might be a five-minute trip to get there. And so you want to be making sure you think about travel time, gas, uh maybe hotel if it's a long trip um all the rest of it is uh uh definitely a factor in in the event um profit
1: another bit is your level or level of experience okay if you are a judge that has been around for a very long time and can handle all sorts of situations where you can resolve a draft pod problem in the middle of a called draft kind of thing versus someone who is just starting out you know maybe when trying to figure out what you want to get paid or what you think you're worth you know those years of experience do come with some sort of value you know you might if you look at if you think of judging as plumbers you know, someone with 50 years plumber experience and someone with one year plumbing experience can probably charge different rates, right? Definitely. Uh, there's also the uh, issue of like what role or what your expected uh, level of responsibility in the particular event is going to be. Are you going to be a head judge? Are you going to be a floor judge? Are you going to be a team lead?
2: And, and really, really large events also offer additional roles beyond those. Um, you know, you you don't have to be a judge even for for some of them. You could uh, work the prize wall, or you could work uh, administration, and and those positions often have reasonable pay rates along with uh, what everybody else is earning as a judge. And then it looks like this next point,
1: we've got some disagreements. Um, I, <laughs> I I made the comment time versus effort, and so I'm going to say that not all the effort involved in events aren't necessarily the same like for example running a i'm going to say double masters drafts like launching double masters drafts during a command one of the command fests this past summer an hour of that was significantly more difficult than an hour at fnm there are events that might be 6 hours in duration but you can be playing Commander in the back of the store while the six hours are going on versus you're going to be up walking the floor of the event for, and on your feet for the whole six hours, right? Definitely.
0: I think
1: I, think I phrased it. So the, the statement that we disagreed with was, I said a 17-person FNM takes the same amount of time as a 32-person RCQ, but the effort is, effort required is different. And you guys got careful careful with this statement.
2: Well, a lot of F and M's are just three rounds by design, right? Yeah, you know, so we're talking about something that's not always here. but yeah. <laughs> bless you. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. My, my idea is to go to F and F- M F- and be home by ten o'clock. You know. Yeah. I mean,
0: are your F and M's doing cut to top eight? Like <laughs> that's not uh, my experience. Well, he- yeah.
2: here's what here's what happens. It does happen, unfortunately. But it
1: yeah, it does happen. The, the top, or at least around here, the top eight, they all agree. There are top eights, and then all the players just agree to split, and then, like, you know, some of them just leave, and then the players just kind of figure out based on who's (laughs) left who wins. Um, (laughs) The basic point is different events require different levels of effort and different levels of engagement. Absolutely. And that is a thing that you want to factor
0: in. And that can vary from TO 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 too, Um, if you, you know, you might apply for a command fest over here with this TO and then another command fest with a different TO, or, you know, uh, if we bring GPs back, then, you know, we had several different uh, TOs running those and everything and different TOs run things in different ways, and some are more organized than others. And so I know some judges who would just not apply for events run you know everyone has their own favorite and you know others that they dislike for various reasons and i know some judges who would just not apply for jobs with with a given to because they feel oh this one it's gonna be harder than that one i did last week even if it's on paper the same role the same event et cetera. Et cetera.
2: oh and I th- i think that still happens um, one of the other things too, and that's neat, we really don't address it. I don't know. Maybe we address it later on in the notes, but, um, the world has changed in so many ways. And one of them is the technology that supports and runs the events and the mm-hmm. amount of effort that's required to run an event under event link or MTG Melee is different than it was under where, um, we had to do a lot more background stuff with where and, and event link and MTG Melee kind of smooth those things out for us. Definitely.
1: They make the common stuff or the frequent stuff significantly easier, but the, a lot of the uncommon stuff is almost impossible.
2: Just don't make mistakes; it's fine. Yeah. It'll work. <laughs>
1: <great>. <laughs> I'm not the yeah. one. I'm not worried about me making a mistake. It's I'm worried about the players, and I'm worried about like the oh, two crashing good. in the Move middle. I, I wish. I so wish. I did actually have an event like a month ago where the player comes up to me and he's like, I made a mistake two rounds ago, and I might should be in the top eight as a result. And I'm like, I quite literally can't do anything.
2: Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah,
0: I worked... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. Uh, I, I worked an event not long ago where um, the the players uh, had unfortunately received an incorrect ruling from a judge. And in, in game one... Uh, And then they finished out the rest of game one as well as game two before this was discovered. And so middle of game three, it comes up again and a judge is watching magic and sees this incorrect interaction happen. Uh, And so we get the head judge involved and thankfully we were on uh, melee so we could just break apart the match and head judge decided just the, the fairest thing all around was just both players win this match. And yeah, that's j- literally not a thing we can do in um, uh, other event software.
1: We talked about a lot of these different factors to consider and what it kind of boils down to, you know, we talked about, is this a hobby? Is this a career? What's the size of the event? What's your level of experience? How much do you think the amount of time you've spent accumulating the knowledge that you've done is worth? Is the event long or easy basically it comes down to just like you're hiring a contractor you know are you are you paying them by the job are you paying them by the hour or as some people have posted uh are you paid by the player especially at like the 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 lower or the, the more local events so there's a lot of knobs to turn what are you guys where are you guys on
2: it by job by hour by player mix and match we had a fun conversation earlier and i would love to just encapsulate the whole thing and share that because um that was in regards to the twitter question that was posted on the judge cast account oh i well i mean we had a we had a fun conversation about that in, in in our notes um but what is it a uh, brooke what do you think
0: uh what i very much like is that you can mix and match these um for For local stuff, at least, and so uh when I'm you know talking to local stores near me about doing an r c q or something um uh we'll we'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that to try and come to something that seems fair for everyone, so that you know, the, the store is making enough profit that they're happy with the event and want to call me back for their next season RCQ, and I'm making enough profit that it's worth my time to get out however many hours drive to them and run the event for them and all the rest of it. I think most common these days for larger uh, tournament organizers is just a flat rate uh, by the job, um, but uh, some folks, uh, the, 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 by the player, I think I agree with you, Brian. That that's most common for local events like RCQs at the store level um, mm-hmm.
2: and yeah I, I I like doing a little bit of this a little bit of that to try and make it work out for everyone. How common do we think by the player really is i I didn't really I wasn't aware that people would even do that until I saw it in a conversation a, a couple of months ago. Um, and it was one, one or two people talking about it amongst a sea of people talking about by the job type of pay or by the hour type pay, Mm -hmm. um, is by the player frequent. Do you, do you rely on it a fair bit or, or is that more uncommon for you?
0: For me, it's, uh, just for the only player place that I do that personally is for my really local game store where, uh you know my travel time is not a consideration i'm budgeting zero for gas and i'm gonna get to sleep in my own bed uh because i think that the to likes it because they have less to risk if they get um fewer people than expected you know if uh you know 12 people show up instead of 36 uh then i have a much easier day and i'm you know in and out in four hours or whatever and uh you know, it's it's easy enough uh, as far as that goes, but um for where whereas for like uh, other RCQs around the state, if I'm traveling further to them, I'm still blocking out a huge chunk, basically my whole Saturday in order to do this event. And so if they get twelve people instead of fifty, then I I'm sorry, buddy, but like I still could have had a different day job and worked a shift at Starbucks or whatever uh today. I could have just stayed in bed until noon, just relaxing, and I didn't. And so I expect to be adequately paid, even if you forgot to advertise.
2: Now, now to be fair, you still, I, I, I want this to be clear because not everybody knows you still live in Montana, right? I do live in Montana. So, have, so for a, a so for a traveling job, you might be driving four or five hours one way, right?
0: Pre- I have, but that's pretty rare. Um, the more com, let's see, most common is like two hours, uh, one way. Okay, that's the yep. most common thing that I do. If I'm driving five hours, I'm also asking for a hotel room, <laughs> right?
2: It, it really depends yeah. on the length of the day, doesn't it? I mean, at that point in time, if you've got two or three hours to drive after the end of the day, and you're you're closing up shop at nine or ten o'clock at night, that's almost a safety issue at that point.
0: Sure. Yeah, I definitely try and, uh, you know, bring along some players both to help support the TO so I look better and also so that it's, uh, you know, I can make them drive on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> they get to take a nap when I start the top eight because they went 0-2 and uh, then they can, you know, I can take a nap as they start the drive home.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk real quick about these, the, the pros and cons of the three the three. So by the job, is typically what larger events do. Okay, your yep. your SCG Con, your NRG, your regional championships. They say we will pay you X amount for it, for the day as a floor judge. We will pay you Y amount as a lead for the day. So you know your day might be eight hours, it might be ten hours, it might be twelve hours, but you are paying to do a job like a contractor. You give a quote to fix the sink, you know, you go and fix the sink. And if you, and if it takes 11 hours to fix the sink, then it takes 11 hours to fix the sink. If it takes three hours to fix the sink, great. There's by the hour, oh, oh, sorry. So pay by the job is kind of, I don't want to necessarily say the, the, the risk is if the event takes a little bit longer, you're blown out. If it runs short, you're to the good, but it's static okay there's a little yeah. bit of risk on both on both sides
0: the nice thing about by the job is that there's no question on for you as the judge uh so you know what you're going to get and so that can make it easier to budget you know can i afford to get a plane ticket to go travel to this event or not uh whereas the others there's some amount of question of exactly what you're going to get and, you know, many people are not in a position where they can afford to buy a plane ticket if there's any question about getting that fully uh, recouped. Yep.
1: And by the hour is kind of kind of dicey in the sense of if you go work at an RCQ, for example, um, and you agree to work for an RCQ and... 12 players show up, or let's say 16 players show up. Okay, so that's gonna be five rounds plus a cut to the top four. That's gonna be six and a half, seven hours. Okay, but you could also have like a 50, 60 person uh or the RCQ. Let's say the RCQ gives two invites, so that's like six hours. And if you might have like a 60 person RCQ, well, that's gonna be eight, nine hours, right? So your pay is going to be uh, wildly different. Uh, based on based on what happened.
2: Well, it, and it also it also varies by state too. Um, by the hour you may be uh subject to minimum wage style laws. Um, yep. in some states you're going to get paid better than others because of that.
1: Yeah, and in both by the job and by the hour, you start running into situations where you have low attendance RCQs. Let's let's use RCQs as an example. If they only have, like, 11 players, well, yeah, that's a long amount of time, but the TO probably either by the job or by the hour didn't take in enough entry fee to pay for your compensation.
0: Yeah, and the the real problem with by the hour, I think, is not, like, 17 versus 50 players or something, but what about something like 16 versus 17 players or, like, 32 versus 33 players where one extra player puts you into the range of an extra round and so if you're getting paid by um uh, by by the hour uh then you and the TO are not quite your your incentives maybe aren't quite aligned where you know maybe you want the one extra player to show up so that it you get an extra hour on the clock and the TO is thinking, oh, this one extra player isn't actually covering my cost for the judge for the one extra hour or whatever.
1: Right. Or if it's by the hour, um a a the 33rd person and the 64th person, you know, you're getting paid the same. I mean, right. granted if it's by the job, you're also still getting paid the same. But um yeah, I mean the 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 job is significantly harder in the in the in the sixth round so so you look at that and say well then i'll want compensation by the player and you come up with you know a you know a pack a player kind of thing well that the interesting thing there is that shifts all of the risk from the tournament organizer onto the judge like if if it's paid by the job then i as the judge know exactly what i'm going to be um Uh, taking home i don't know how much work i'm going to do but i know what i'm going to be taking home if if it's by the player then the to has an equation basically where they know what percentage they're giving out and they're not going to they're not going to run the risk of of having to pay the judge more than uh than they take in an entry fee so sometimes with with by the player you see like minimums like a minimum of you know 50 bucks and then right plus plus x per player
0: yeah like i was saying before uh about you know you can mix and match and not necessarily just do one thing uh, uh for some tos you know mostly local stuff um we'll you know talk about it and come to an agreement where it's some kind of mix like this where you know i get a flat rate at a minimum, even if only five players show up so the event can't happen. I still had to take off my Saturday. I still had to do the four-hour round-trip drive. I still had to pay for my gas for all of that. And so I'm still out a decent chunk of investment as a judge, even if the event doesn't happen at all. And so I expect some amount of minimum dollars to make me whole for that. And then we'll do, like, by the player, or by the hour, or whatever, uh, for in case the event actually does happen you know so if it a flat rate and then x dollars per head up to this many players and something like that on top
1: all right so we've we've talked a lot about uh i'm gonna say in in general okay so let's let's start getting into some specifics but before before we do what's What's kind of like one of our driving when we start actually talking into like what events that we're gonna work and like what are some reasonable dollar amounts? What is a we want to keep a a fundamental philosophy in mind?
2: I've said this before and I keep saying it and and I'll 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 uh, I'll uh, have uh, somebody quote it back to me at different times and, and I know I'm not the first person to say it. Um, I picked it up by others, but the work done by judges is skilled labor. Um, whether we are running an FNM, whether we are the prima donna um, on a <laughs> on a large event, that's going to come back to haunt you. Well, um, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I can say like, well, prima means something good, right? <laughs> right. <Here> you go. <laughs> um, whether you are uh, a scorekeeper, everything that you are doing is skilled in some way. You uh, have this knowledge base that you've been entrusted with. Uh, everybody has access to it, but you have been taught how to use it. You've been taught how to run an a eight-person pod on uh, file cards if need be. You, you have a, a brain trust. And judging, I actually
0: haven't been shown anything about note cards. You've never been shown that one? We'll,
2: we'll, have to, we'll have to do no, that. No, sorry. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. But, but judging is skilled labor. Uh, so it deserves to be compensated in some way. Uh, and what form that Definitely. takes is a very interesting discussion, which is what we're going to start to get into the meat of here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I do want to add a little bit of a, of, a, of a caveat where I'm going to say doing the job well requires skill. I have been to some FNMs. I have been a player at some FNMs where I don't really think the judge labored, skilled or otherwise. <laughs> right so i yeah, just i just especially
0: wanna... now with oh go ahead sorry yeah you were you were going to say especially now uh especially now with event link um uh, i'm sure uh you know event link having some issues is no real secret at this point but i think that it is very very good for uh the local game store level where it's um you know someone who maybe is not familiar with magic tournaments can click a couple buttons start the event and then go back to finishing unpacking the warhammer shipment or whatever uh and so yeah at at, at for for M for the local store level uh it definitely requires less skill and less labor than ever before
1: yeah and and again i i want to say there there is a level of effort and there is a level of engagement that I I think drops it below what I would consider like skilled labor or or feel comfortable calling skilled labor. But you can definitely in the exact same environment ratchet it up so that and and let the skills and the stuff like that shine that you've used. But so I kind of want to just flip it and say doing the job well requires skills.
2: Right. And I think sometimes people haven't always been shown the way and and I'm happy to help with that. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and I think where we come from is is that on the on on the on the basis that um, we have an understanding that judges have earned some level of certification, uh, that they have some basic set of skills, um, whether or not they always demonstrate them. Okay, I get that. <laughs> so let's
1: let's start with some of the the boots on the ground common scenarios, and then work our way up to the to the less common. The first being the FNM or the small local game store events. Sure.
2: Yep. Um, what does compensation look like for that? And, and what does the event look like? Uh, oftentimes it is um, a couple of draft pods or uh, a flight of um, Pioneer players playing four rounds. Um, it's not overly layered. Um, the calls are often easier. Uh, it's a smaller group. And it's also being run at regular. So mm-hmm. what we're looking at there is is you know if you've got sixteen players, maybe you've taken three calls that night. That's not uncommon, right? Uh, if yeah, you're...
0: and the big. Th- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and and the big thing there is when it's regular, you are also allowed to play. So going back to what Brian mentioned earlier about like the, an hour working one event is not the same as an hour working a different event. You know, if you're standing on your feet on concrete versus you're sitting and playing magic with your friends, those are very different uh, labor situations.
2: Absolutely. My F&M, generally we get 10 or 12 players to to draft and uh, I'm not actually on the clock. I'm not actually working. I'm playing and I'll take a couple of calls that night. Uh, What does my compensation look like for that? Or what does most what do a lot of judges compensation look like for that? Sometimes it's a it's a free soda that's reasonable so i yep. think some some questions that
1: factor in to the the compensation at at fnm is and and that judges might actually have is is if i ask for money is the to going to let me judge like if i if i go up and say hey i want to judge your events will you give me free entry in a soda okay will that to say no and if they say no am i the judge or not you know i i want to judge but you know maybe the, maybe the to doesn't value what you do you know how do you approach that particular situation mm-hmm. it's it's been a it's been a thing like if you've been the person that answers rules rules questions because you've been an l0 for a while or a rules advisor and now you have your l1 you're like, well, I'd like to start getting something for that. You know, I have to pay $75, 85 to Judge Academy, you know, a year. I'd like to be able to turn that into free FM or something like that. Uh, do you guys have any advice for like
2: how to approach that conversation? The easiest thing to do is to find out first if somebody's already running it for them. Um, if there isn't somebody that's running it or somebody that's consistent, you've got your opener, right? Mhm. Uh and yeah. Then, yeah, go ahead, Rook. Uh just that that's a very tough situation,
0: um honestly w- among the harder uh conversations to have, I think, of anything we're going to talk about tonight. Um I think it's much easier to say, "Hey, I'm getting uh, you know, if you're working a large event, I think it's much easier to argue Hey, I'm being paid X dollars, we went five hours longer than expected, could I please have Y dollars instead? I think that's actually an easier conversation to have than like, I'm being paid zero dollars, could I please be paid any number of dollars? Like the, you know, (laughs) zero to one is a bigger jump than one to ten, right? Right.
2: And again, compensation takes a lot of different forms. And we use a couple different examples here. But when you're working with a store, when you're working with a, a local game store, there are a couple of really creative compensation models out there, right? You can ask for a discount when it comes to buying product. If you get, you know, the friends and family style discount as opposed to having to pay full price for certain things, you can uh, ask for. Uh, advance notice when something new is going to hit the, hit the shelf or if they have a limited supply. Sure.
0: Yeah. That good connects back to what we were saying earlier about what are you judging for and are you trying to pay your rent or are you having fun with your hobby? You know, if you are, you know, if you're trying to pay rent and the TO says, here's some store credit, maybe that isn't actually meaningful for you. Uh, but if you're trying to foil out your third commander deck, then store credit uh, for you know, fifteen bucks in store credit might actually be worth more than ten dollars in cash, um, instead of zero.
2: So and and there's that other variable too. How big is the event? You know, is it eight players or is it fifty? Um, if it's fifty, maybe they do need somebody that's doing a little bit more heavy lifting. Maybe you should be being paid for some amount of work if you're if you're going to cover the event. Um, but if it's only eight players or, or ten or fifteen. Um, how much effort is involved. Yeah, And I'm going to say,
1: when you get some amount, be sure that you earn it. And and what I mean by that is, um, if the TO is paying you, let's say, I'm just going to throw out a number, let's say 50 bucks for an FNM. Okay. They need to get 50 bucks worth of effort out of you. If all you're doing is Sitting in the back of the store, not even playing in the event, playing FNA, uh, playing EDH, and then you answer two questions a night, that TO did not get their $50 worth of effort out of you.
0: Definitely. Right. And even if the TO isn't paying enough attention to uh notice that because they're, you know, not at the store during FM or they're busy unpacking the Warhammer shipment or whatever instead of paying attention to
2: that. Wow. The Brooke, players Brooke's got are a real thing for unpacking attention. those shipments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: How many Warhammer figures uh, have you unpacked, Brooke?
0: Uh I personally zero. Oh, okay. Um, but,
1: so this is just trying know, to live out a fantasy then?
0: <laughs> just, just my go-to, uh, you know, uh, figure like, of speech for uh, when the the tournament organizers,
1: Henry Cavill Warhammer figures, <laughs> just boxes and boxes of
0: them. I love it so much. Okay. Yeah, we got to get him into magic and out of Warhammer, yo. That's that's what the game really needs. Fair, but, but anyway. Um, so if. It, the the players are not stupid and if they start seeing fifty dollars of FNM prize money disappear every night while you are you know playing on your phone they're gonna let the to know before long
2: yeah right. yeah players are players are absolutely super savvy and aware when somebody is not pulling their weight and they'll 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 do that
0: they will do the math and they will add up the prizes and compare to the total number of entry fees for sure.
1: So when you jump jumping back, when you start working at an, at an FNM, you know, probably go to if you're expecting to play at the same time, go and play in the events a few times, get a feel for the store before you go and talk to the owner. And, and then you say like, hey, I'm actually a level one judge. I have these skills. I'd like to help you run run your event like in and maybe give an example. Like in this particular situation, we can, you know, we can do this and make things better. Um I, you know, in exchange for judging your event, I would like $10 store credit and drinks or some number, some something. Right? So it it is as as Brooke was saying. It's a super awkward conversation, which is why it's important to have it early. Because the later you go,
2: the the worse it is. And if you can if you can demonstrate something um, tangible that the store owner can latch onto, like you can say something along the lines of, you know, what if if you uh, if you make me if you give me this position, I will make sure to expand it by twice as many players within 3 months or something like that. Um if you can do something where the store owner sees a real profit in bringing you on, that's a thing.
1: All right, so Definitely. Y'all y'all personally. Okay, this is this is just 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 us guys sitting in here talking. What do you think is fair for an F&M? You personally?
0: Uh I like the idea of like what you're saying with free entry and um uh, free entry and, you know, a couple of sodas for someone who's going to be there regularly, especially as, you know, collecting results, uh, entry slips and cutting them out and distributing them and entering them all in the computer is not a thing anymore. Um, that's all through EventLink, so it's, you know, like I said before, it's easier than it has ever been before to run a local store M. Uh, so for that kind of thing, I think it's reasonable to not get much beyond free entry and a couple sodas. Uh, personally, I don't have anything as official as that set up with any stores, uh, just because I'm traveling often enough that, um, I don't get to play in F&M as much as I would like to. Uh, and so it would not make sense for me to have a standing agreement with any of my local stores
2: um my agreements varied over time uh currently i don't really have one uh, but my store only again runs a draft with about 10 players um if we get two and a half calls and one of them is about how trample works that's a busy night for judge calls um and I, (laughs) i really don't mind i look at it as community building at that point in time should i be getting something yeah Um, if I really want a product that's coming out that I know that they're going to have limited supply, I'll talk to them. I I don't ever really have a problem getting it. And I think that that, in my mind, that's a form of compensation that is fair to me.
0: Yeah, it's worth considering this stuff as just being about, you know, uh, community building, not just the you and the players, but, you know, uh, getting on the store's good side so that next time they do have an actual event, they remember you and they're, you know, they They know your abilities already and so you're the first
2: person they come to. Right, that's a good point as well.
1: I, th- I think the big thing with f ms is if you're going to be there already, okay, like free entry and some sodas is probably fine. If you are making a special trip out to the store to do that event and you are not playing in the event then it is fine to ask for for more but even though i and i think this is the type of situation where the the pay by the hour breaks down because mm-hmm. you are even though you might be physically in the store for 4 hours the amount of time that you are judging might only be 10 minutes right
0: yeah. Like, what, a minute or two per round plus how does trample work and one other rules question? Um, yeah, it's not a lot in yes. a lot of cases.
1: Someone, someone missed their trigger and then you go over and find out it enters the battlefield replacement effect. You know, the, that kind of thing. Cause, yeah, Because yeah. players call everything triggers. I'll <laughs> trigger
0: my land drop.
2: Yeah. Now, now, I'm also an advocate of doing all of these things, right? And also building experience and being able to parlay that into something else. And it doesn't have to be with the local store either. Um, We're going to talk about RCQs in two seconds, but when you get staffed for an RCQ um, your first time, you may may be working under an L2 or or an L3. Um, Sometimes with those, uh, it helps to be able to say, hey, I've been working F&M for the last three months at um, Johnny's Game Store. That is also helpful to you and that's that can be considered into your mental calculus of your compensation to some extent
1: um all right so you said in two seconds we were going to talk about rcqs let's talk about
2: rcqs let's talk about rcqs brooke's done a lot of talking about rcqs (laughs) he 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 has (laughs) some some amount of experience with it
0: (laughs) uh i've done a couple um let's see we have i think uh, six or so per season out here in Montana. So less than many uh cities, uh spread amongst my entire state. Uh, but yeah, I've managed to get to a good number of them. Seems like they are the dominant, the 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 most frequent, you know, competitive store level events these days.
1: So R- RCQs are a, an interesting animal in the sense that. Since they use the Infraction Procedure Guide, the amount of knowledge and procedures required to run one of these is significantly greater than an FNM. However, the Storm might not pull more players than they would for an FNM. So it requires more training, more skill, more knowledge to run the event,
0: but you might not actually get any more, you know, more players. They're usually going to be substantially higher entry fee though.
1: Yes. So for RCQs, we have um, those are comprel events, and level two judges are certified to run comprel events. So then there's there's a question: Are you a level one being asked to run an RCQ, or are you a level two plus judge asked asked to run run the event and you know, this is this is something that's a little a little different because if I have a certification that says I'm certified to do this thing, I should be able to charge more than someone who doesn't. Right? But there are some L1s that are just as skilled in the situations that are gonna come up as an L2 at a local event. And then as an aside, there are some L1s that should not be let near a Comprel event. At all period,
0: not even with adult supervision. Well, there's some L twos who shouldn't be let near an event, <laughs> uh, not even with adult supervision. So <laughs> in theory, they've been near, near the... Yes, but but uh... <laughs> but yeah, I, that's not unique to any level. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just I'm just kind of laughing because uh, a
1: few a few months ago uh, there was a huge spike in um, in florida tournament organizers looking for l2s to run their rcqs because because of reddit an an, an incident i'm gonna say an incident <laughs> there was an incident and suddenly the the interest in having an l2 certified certified l2 running running
2: rcqs uh <laughs> spiked um reddit is the best marketing tool for l2 judges um so with with rcqs then what what are the expectations for compensation how does that work if if you have let's say you have a 50 player rcq how what does that look like um Uh, well go ahead well I i was gonna say at 50 at 50 people
1: i would i think we're firmly in the area where considering a second judge is appropriate
0: Yes, agreed.
1: Um, uh, Judge Academy has guidelines for the number of judges based on the number on the size of the event. I think they're good guidelines because they're stolen directly from the program coordinator guidelines from the old program, which <laughs> I wrote.
0: So I think they're. Won- I think that they're wonderful. <laughs> um, um, I don't have a dog in this fight, and I also think they're pretty solid.
1: Yeah, and realistically the the when you transition from five rounds to six rounds you want to pick up a judge an extra judge and when you transition from six rounds to seven rounds you want to pick up a you want to pick up a judge in general like like going from like 65 players when you hit 60 you know 65 players you want another judge and when you hit 33 you want uh you want another judge in
0: general yeah, yeah, generally speaking for sure. There's certainly some judges who are, you know, uh able to do a little bit more or a little bit less, but yeah, I definitely agree as a as a general principle that's Yeah. Reasonable.
1: The uh the last RCQ for season 1, I had two two RCQs uh back to back. I did one store and there was like 18 players. And I did the RCQ and so the following weekend I didn't plan on getting a second judge so i stroll into the store and the store is packed i'm like how many players have registered and they're like we're at 68 registered players and i was like (laughs) and i just had this moment of oh crap so so one of the the, uh uh, danny who was a store employee who had just recently certified for level one the to was like you know just here you go and just threw her over the counter at me it's like there's there's your l1 i was like okay great
0: (laughs) 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 who <laughs> 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 let's go well, i'm um, sure she had learned a lot and had a great day
1: she absolutely did in fact uh, uh about three weeks ago she did a seminar on things i learned in my first rcq <laughs> uh, excellent yeah so um is there going to be a second judge are you gonna are you doing all of this stuff yourself because like we said you know the amount of effort that you put in is a thing that you want to factor in how far do you need to travel? Are you going thirty miles? Are you going, you know, uh, uh, hundred and thirty miles? Two hundred and thirty miles?
2: And there are other little little things that are tangible, and they make they make a, a, a difference. Are you being fed? Um, do you have that second judge? Do you get a good break in there somewhere? Um, do you have <laughs> store help if you actually need it because you you have more players that show up? Um, is there somebody competent behind the counter that will help you or is there somebody already running event link for you these are all questions that need to be worked out and and work into your overall compensation picture
0: yep also need to touch base with the to about just uh, what is going to happen if the uh, player count is something other than you uh, had expected you know if you're uh, expect like with Brian you know if you're expecting 18 and surprise here's 70 Uh, hopefully you're gonna get paid a little bit extra there um I would uh I would personally not be super happy if I was contracted for one and the other happened and I didn't get any extra bites at the apple on my end
1: yeah so the thing that you want to kind of kind of look at and this is this is also where getting paid by the player uh, at RCQs, this is... Let's see how to, how to say it. This is one of the areas where things start to break down in the, I'm going to say, less than 24 players. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say the amount of time it takes to run the event is, is out of sync with the amount of effort it takes to run that same event. Right? And so... You know what are you what are you gonna do if working things out with the TO like what happens if there's only eleven players what happens if there's only 18, uh, 18 players you know having those conversations upfront uh, uh, is a thing that you want to to have in place I will also say that for certain RCQs I will change my rate depending on the TO mm. and I and I say this and I say this because. Like there, there is a, there is a store that, um, the TO back when I first started, uh, they gave me a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so I will kind of help them out by doing things like maybe I'll accept, you know, if they contact me a week out from the PTQ or the PTQ, the, uh, the RCQ, I'm more likely to say yes than no, because generally I say no. Um, you know, or I'm, I'm I'm more likely to take a little bit of hit on, on, on the, on the pay because Tio's a good guy, just not great with money. Um, and I kind of feel like,
0: (laughs) you know, I owe him a little bit, but in general, I have another static rate or sure or the opposite you know if you've had some bad experiences with a given tournament organizer whether it's you know uh for a the RCQ at the local level or someone doing the equivalent of a large scale GP type thing if you know in advance oh this TO doesn't know what they're doing I'm going to have to work twice as hard as any other event of a similar size maybe you decide you know that that's just going to play into your uh, calculus on is the event worth it
1: yeah i want my compensation up front when i walk in there 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 was a <laughs> to that i legitimately one time required my compensation before i started round one <laughs> i was like you pay I'm, you pay me or i walk that's amazing yeah
0: i'm impressed you would uh work for them uh, i feel like i've never been in that situation myself but i guess my feeling is my gut instinct is that if I fe- if I didn't trust them enough to pay me after, then I might just say no to the job. Full stop. <laughs> you gotta remember Florida. <laughs> uh, just Flo- just Florida things. Yes, Florida. Oh, that's the punchline. It's
2: Florida. <laughs> With the, the important point Florida. about all of this is though is and what they're both you know dancing around a little bit is is you don't have to take every job either. You know, feel free to turn something down. You know, maybe you need a, a day off. Or maybe you just don't like working for that particular store for some reason. You've had conflict there. Or you it's bad luck every time you've driven there. You've gotten a flat tire. I don't know. Um, you don't have to work for for somebody. Definitely. Yeah. Now I
1: will say that there is a a factor in in that that may factor into the equation and can factor into your personal calculus is getting a second judge, because a lot of these RCQs aren't big enough to justify a second judge, okay? But you gotta have that second judge in order to have them become an L2 so that you don't feel obligated to do every RCQ or RCQs that you don't judge don't happen kind of thing. So, you know, as as a consideration, you know, like maybe, maybe... If you're going to work a 50-person event by yourself, you take Compensation X, but if they bring on a second judge, then maybe you take less less compensation. And realistically, you should also have some less work both at that event and in the future, there's someone else who's able to do these events. Which is kind of weird because it's like you're you're training someone to take some of your future opportunities away from you. Which is a whole nother thing, you know yeah. So anyway. So what do you what do you guys uh, math out for RCQs just so so the listeners have a personal baseline?
2: I'm gonna Charles? have to rely on Brooke for this one because I have not done an RCQ under the new system. Um, I would probably math out using whatever uh, compensation models I used before um, and just slide it upwards for the increased value of product currently. So whatever the current value is of, of two uh, boxes of uh, standard legal product, whether it's in cash or store credit, is probably my baseline. And then from there, we talk and discuss into the particulars.
0: Reasonable. Uh, looking through the uh, replies to your your question on Twitter, it looked like, most people were asking in the neighborhood of a little over 200 bucks plus lunch for uh rcqs so uh, several answers right around the same area uh for me personally uh i ask 200 so slightly less than a lot of other folks but i uh, in montana i know that every single event is gonna be like 20 to 30 players uh it's quite rare that we get into that sixth round um, and so I know that the event is gonna be pretty easy I know it's gonna be uh, fairly fast and I, I would love it if it was you know if I was able to sometimes get 50 or more players but I know that's just not realistic for local events where I live and so th- this is the number that makes sense to allow these events to continue to happen and the store still have uh, uh, the store still get enough that they want to run another one next season
1: for myself. Um, a lot of times often uh, there is a, a particular store or a, a chain of stores that I judge for that I do basically it's the, again, the two boxes plus lunch. Um, or I can Mm -hmm. turn that into store credit or I can take that in cash, but I take a, take a hit, you know, in, in turning store credit into dollars basically. So it's about, it's two, two boxes plus, uh, plus lunch. I like, I got, um, this, this past week I did an event and I threw in like 20 bucks and got a, uh, modern horizons two box that I was going to put on the shelf. And then I opened it up as soon as I got home because I have poor impulse control.
0: <laughs> who among us yeah who among us right
1: uh <laughs> however there are other there are other stores that um I actually made a Facebook group where stores could actually just post and say hey I need a judge for this event I'm offering this and they typically are offering in the um I'm gonna say like the the 190 to 225 range and if they are very very desperate because they're asking at the last minute that might go up to like 250 260 but a lot of those stores also require like an hour drive time. So I saw I saw one person respond with like fifty to seventy dollars per hour in store credit, and I was just like, "Wow!" Uh, I wish. G- good on you, man. That's
2: all right. And again, this is this. We're going to repeat a disclaimer for a second. This is the North American model. Um, I have no idea what it's like in Europe. Uh, and, and we don't know what it's like in Brazil or, or wherever else you play magic. So whatever model works for you, the number one thing that I can suggest is, is talk to uh, your mentors. If you've never done an RCQ and you're pricing them out for the first time, talk to your mentors and find out what, they, what they've been charging and find out what types of questions you can ask, aside from the ones that we're talking about here tonight, and make sure that you're being reasonably compensated for your time.
1: I do want to point out one one final thing. If you are on the I am compensated $200 or $225 cash money for this event, and you get there, and there are 12 players, okay, and you hold that TO to the $225, it is very likely that that will be the last RCQ you work for that TO. Now you are not wrong for you agreed to it it is not your fault that the store did not have that amount you did you did plan on doing this for the whole day you did drive you had you know so you are correct okay in holding in holding to that the TO is also correct in not asking you back if they if they took a bath Okay, so that is a that is an internal decision that you need to make.
0: Yeah, I agree. One thing I was going to mention here is that uh, it's I think most of the time, most people, it is better to build a good working relationship with someone and get repeat business rather than just get everything you can exactly once. Uh, Most of the time. I think most judges would prefer to become you know known to the local store here and just be you know get a call every three months when the new rcq season starts at a fair rate rather than one time pulling the wool over some to that doesn't know what they're doing uh, and you know getting them for three times your normal rate exactly once and then never working for them again so con- consider that when you're thinking about how much to ask that you know you you want to build a think of it as building a relationship and hoping to set up for repeat business uh down down the road yeah.
1: all right so i think we've Killed this one. Let's. You ready to step it up? Uh, step it up to the next tier.
0: Yeah, let's get out of the game store and into the convention center. All
1: right. So, what type
2: of events are we talking or, about? Or, or the large hotel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or the large hotel. Uh, Ballroom so magic. Level... Right, <laughs> so the next level is stuff like uh the nerd rage gaming series uh face to faces events uh s c g cons and your uh, regional championships that the uh r c q s qualify you for Yep.
2: so these events are generally two days right
0: yeah, either two or three um let's see i think face to face is usually just one um but they're uh so the it varies. I think they're just one, and then their regional championships are like three, SCG cons are usually three, uh, and the NRG series is usually two, um, and uh, then we've got a brand new thing starting up on the west coast, the um Magic Experience,
2: I want to say. Um, oh, I, I saw myself. that. I can't think of the name of it. Is yeah, that, the is Magic it... Experience. Magic Experience. Yeah, they're starting up. Uh, their own little. Uh, little, um, their own series, and uh, I look forward to hearing ab- more about that.
0: Definitely, um, and so those are, if I remember right, going to be just one a quarter along the West Coast area, and those are also planning to be uh, two-day events, if I remember correctly.
1: So being two-day events, you have to consider, uh, in addition to travel, you have to consider lodging like mm-hmm. and these events are typically in major population areas and not near you so travel is going to be a thing that you're going to have to factor in and and most of these events they they pay about 250 give or take a day for floor judge right like leads and head judges obviously get more but... i did
2: a little bit of reading that that seems to be more or less the baseline it's about $250 a day yeah, yeah. um because let's face it uh, a hotel room these days in most metropolitan areas isn't going to cost you less than $180 for a night. Might cost you more, um, even if you split the room. That's still a fair bit of money. Yeah, it's um, like
1: a hundred bucks after
2: taxes. Right. the The food costs. The food's gone way up. Um, uh, you can get by on McDonald's, but even at McDonald's, you're paying a premium these days compared to four or five years ago.
1: Yep. And there's parking or Uber things like that getting just to to and from the event a lot of times and it's it's funny the math on these big regional events is actually you 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 come away with significantly less than the RCQs the local RCQs right
0: yeah on the other hand though the other factor for the calculus here is that in a lot of ways uh, a lot of judges find these much more rewarding to work than the local store rcq yeah. um because they're multi-judge events it's easier to see and catch up with friends maybe you're even staying with local friends who have a couch for you instead of in a hotel room uh, and get to catch up with old friends you get more of a chance to both mentor and improve yourself as uh you know get mentored too and so in, in a lot of ways these can be more like fun and less like work than the local store RCQ, and so you definitely have to factor in not just the money, but also what are you getting for it.
1: Yeah, a single person RCQ is not fun, but a SCG con can be a blast to work, and you feel like you get to solve. You know, occasionally you get to solve like real problems, um mm-hmm. and you f- and you make new friends. Like like working by yourself is is terrible. Working with another judge is okay. Working on a team of like four or five judges and getting out, getting to meet, and then going out to dinner afterwards with a whole group of people—it's—it's it's an absolute blast.
2: And, and here's a really interesting thing, and it's—I don't know how tan, how how uh, valuable it is to different people, but the staff for these events, the the people that come in, and drive the drive the truck in and run the stage and so forth. Many of them are extremely experienced, either tos or or judges. Um, I I know that the staff for NRG and I know the staff for for gone The people that they bring in every week when they when they bring an event out, um, you can learn a lot from those people as well.
0: No doubt, no doubt. But where
1: where we are right now for a comp rel event that that you have to travel for. I would probably not consider if they were paying less than two fifty a day for a floor judge for a comp relevant. Like if they were two two hundred two twenty five, wouldn't do it. Like and I and sure. I realize that there are judges that love judging so much that they'll do it. But you know, a lot of times, like after after when you're filling out your forms, your your ten ninety nine miss at the end of the year and and looking at expenses and, and like what it cost, what it costs you to judge and what you took in, you're going to find, you're going to be looking at that actual number and realize that it might not be worth it. You know?
0: Yeah. It, uh, definitely, t- uh, depends. Like we've been saying it you just have to do your own thinking of where are you at financially? Where are you at with like family life? You know, are you giving up, uh, time with uh, you know your significant other and your kids, or are you you know unattached and not giving anything up if you travel to one of these, uh, and all of the rest of it, and just decide that, uh, on your end yeah. is this uh, worth it? Personally, I'm never going to do an RCQ uh, for like we were saying a one judge event. I'm never going to do one if I'm not expecting to make a profit at the end of it. And I'm never going to do a larger event if I expect to lose money, but I've definitely done a couple where I was like, okay, I'm going to make exactly zero dollars, but I'm going to go out for sushi three times with great friends I haven't seen in two years, and I'm going to get to catch up with some buddies. And. It's just different for every person depending on where they're at and what they're gonna get yeah. from the event.
1: And, and sometimes factor of enjoying it like I was talking to somebody on Facebook talking about uh, Magic con Philadelphia, okay like I can fly from Orlando up to Philadelphia on the at the event for a190 dollars. but this other judge that I was Ooh. talking to has to pay like 650 before taxes. okay? <laughs> well, that's a $450 difference that that yeah drastically alters the the you know that takes an event where it's like yeah I can probably afford that that's that seems reasonable to this other person that's like ain't no way
2: cost me about 10 bucks in gas and regional rail Oh, tough.
0: <laughs> Bad beats out here.
2: Yeah, but you live in New Jersey. You pay every other day of the year. I pay every day of the year for living in New Jersey. Get it right? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, not the not the days that you're out of New Jersey. Like when you're in... The, was it the Ben Franklin... I So I lived in Valley Forge for a while. Uh, one of the funny things I realized about the Ben Franklin Bridge... They didn't charge me any money to drive from Philly into New Jersey, but they charged me money to leave New Jersey and go back into Philly.
2: They flipped all the the bridges around so that um, you only have to pay the one time when you're going over either side. um, Okay. Yeah, but they they they, they now charge you three times as much. So, I mean, (laughs) it, it works. It works.
1: Actually, they just they just posted they said uh if you live in new jersey you're not allowed to mention any other state uh they've just got a ban on mentioning other states if you live in new jersey that that seems reasonable
2: <laughs> reasonable
0: new jersey where new york mobsters put their
2: bodies uh, well we do have the pine we do have the pine barrens and i won't speak um any more about that
0: <laughs> all right um uh, well, should we mention, um, the, uh, uh, let's see, uh, oh, what's it called? Like a travel sponsorship, uh, oh, yeah. here where we're talking about flights
2: being different, uh,
0: prices depending
2: on where you're from. Sure. Um, now with the larger events and these are starting to be larger events, there are some organizations that will offer you, uh, some type of either travel sponsorship or special sponsorship. Um, I think Keystone's kind of a little bit of a mix of both by Star City Games, um, where you can apply at the same time that the leads are applying, and if you're selected, you get paid at a slightly higher rate. Um, It goes back to the whole concept of rocks and reaches, and the people that they're looking for Keystone are the rocks, the people that they can depend on to uh, help run an area or uh be on top of things for coverage well coverage isn't a thing anymore but but that type of deal
0: right i believe that star city if i'm remembering right they just got rid of their um uh hotel sponsorship uh for keystone but they did raise the uh the, the flat dollar rate per day uh by some amount that I'm afraid I don't remember. Yeah, off I the top wasn't of my tracking head, so. it
2: before. I'm I'm uh, staffed to do SCG Con New Jersey, so through the course of yeah. it I'll try and pay a little bit closer attention gotta, to it.
1: I gotta tell you mm. though, I I tend to think that hotel sponsorship is worth more than the price of the hotel room in general. Like the the whole idea like let's say I don't know. It's like a hundred ninety dollar hotel room, and they stick me in the room with somebody else. So it's you know like ninety five dollars. I actually, if you were to give me a hundred dollars instead and say, "Here, you figure out your own room," i i i like I like you giving me I like you giving me the room, and I just room with some some other person more because yeah, I suddenly don't have Our, to think about that anymore.
0: Uh, our newest, uh, Judge Program's newest L3, uh, Travis Loro, has said a couple times um, that he he prefers uh, the hotel sponsorship rather than the same amount in cash. Because he knows that uh, Star City will treat him to a nicer hotel than he would treat himself. And so uh, I can respect that attitude. I've definitely... You know, booked myself with too many people in the hotel before, and then come event time, then I'm like, ah, could have made some better choices here. Would be nice if there was only one
2: extra person in the hotel instead of seven. I'm I'm older and crankier. I want a reasonable hotel room, and I will book it yeah. for myself either way. <laughs> but I understand where he's coming from.
1: I am younger, but even crankier.
2: Oh uh, well. <laughs> and I i
1: I would rather have. Because you you are right, like, if the TO staffs, it's going to be close to the event, it's going to be the hotel that they're using, and so it's not going to be, you know, a dumpster fire. Just the, I don't gotta worry about it, I don't gotta, I don't gotta, like, find another judge, and then a week beforehand, they drop out, and then I gotta find somebody else, or I'm stuck paying the whole price. None of that.
0: Yeah. It's... It's nice to have no surprises. On the other hand, though, Star City changing to higher pay but no hotel, that's certainly better for you if it's near you. Like, uh, you know, if if it's close enough that you get to sleep in your own bed, then clearly this is far superior. That's just really unlikely for most people. Sure, but it's not non-zero. I mean, I'm... I'm you'd have to look at the numbers and i i don't remember w- how much star city raised by um the the base pay by um but uh you know my my group chats full of other judges were not filled with angry folks when this change was announced so i assume it's pretty reasonable um <laughs> despite not looking into it closely myself yeah. uh and um yep also a
1: consideration for these uh for these events are you going to need a hotel for Sunday night or are you traveling back? You know, that is, that is something to take into
2: consideration as well. Oh, I made the worst mistake at Las Vegas. You dropped red eye. I, I, I took the red eye back. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, yeah. that was, that was an experience and I learned a great deal from it. And I don't <laughs> recommend it.
0: Yeah. For me in Montana, that's honestly just never been an event, uh, uh, an option. Every, like pretty much every big event, you know, I have to do a layover to get back home. And so I usually have to fly Monday morning and getting a flight home on Sunday night is actually just not an option (laughs) because of where the flights are. And so, yeah, I almost always have to get a Thursday night hotel and a Sunday night hotel where many other folks are just on their way home.
2: Oh, the red eye had a layover. It was 30 minutes in in Mississippi, which was uh, a, another bad decision. So, we'll just okay. <laughs> <laughs> A
0: lot of my uh, a lot of my layovers are uh longer than 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> so, one of the the other things about uh, region regional events. Now that we've moved out of the local game store, is you your ability to wheel and deal on compensation goes way down. Okay, as so yep. if if you are a low if you are a you know a local judge at the RCQ level and you're and the the TO says like two hundred and you're like ah two twenty. Okay, that's a conversation that can be had. But if SCG is like two fifty and you're like, "Mm, 300, they they can pass, because they probably have a list of people that are willing to work at 250. So your ability to, as a random judge, your ability to negotiate goes down, and you are going to be more put into one of these cookie-cutter lanes of, are you Keystone, are you a floor judge, are you a lead, are you whatever, until you kind of reach that superstar status you become like a a national known quantity then you get a little then you can probably afford a little bit of wiggle room you become like one of the rocks like one of the 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 rock stars then you have the ability to to do that otherwise you it's take what they give you and shut up or don't apply for the event
0: yeah depending on you know for for a larger event where there's more applicants and everything that definitely reduces your ability to negotiate or um, later on we're going to have some other tricks about how to um get uh, a little more out of your comp that a lot of times doesn't work as well um and the uh, just on that note, um, Star City just shared recently, uh, Jared shared the percentages of the uh, acceptance rates, um, and let's see, I can bring it up here. It was something like between 30 and 40% for the Keystone and above applications. Um, yeah, New Jersey, they accepted 42%. Uh Indianapolis forty four percent and Charlotte thirty three percent of their folks who applied for their leadership applications. Uh so yeah, when when they're getting those kind of application numbers, uh it's gonna be tough to ask them for a couple extra bucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, uh Oops forgot to apply for Charlotte. <laughs> oops. Oh no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's actually close enough at an airport that's that's that's
0: affordable whoops oh brian oh i haven't worked with you in like five six years or something we've only worked together like once or twice and it would have been great
1: the one big event i had i ended up going to a funeral instead of the big event so it's like i haven't i haven't done a large event in a long time i might need to be a floor Mm. judge just to relearn it for a bit sure for real (laughs) um which would require me taking a lower compensation, where I'm, you know, in the past I'd do the lead rate. But anyway, do you want to talk about uh, the bigger, the you know, Magic Cons and Pro Tours and stuff like that?
2: No. Yeah, let's do it. Have we okay? I, I I think the important thing here to remember is is before we even get started, is that these are just as negotiable as the regional tours. That is, they really aren't. Um, there <laughs> there is some there is some travel compensation that you can apply for um but beyond that it's pretty much a set rate um with magic uh with magic con vegas uh, with l uh, with magic 30 um they paid for your hotel room which was just unbelievable and you got a room assignment which we were talking about a few minutes ago with philadelphia and i believe with other magic cons this year but i don't know how well it'll shake out um, you're getting $100 stipend per day for your hotel, and if you work three days, you get an additional $100, which, you know, I think that works out fairly well.
0: Yeah, and probably pays for the, the Sunday, so you can stay. I remember seeing um, Meg, I think, from Pastimes, uh, was posting a couple times about what an enormous headache it was for them as the TO uh, to get everyone set for their hotel rooms and so it makes sense that if this is a ton of work the TO can offload uh makes sense they tried to do that
1: so i did i did uh hotel sponsorships when i did you know way back when i did some judge uh, gp judge manager stuff and mm-hmm. i would like to say that judges do not make things easy, as a, as a, as a group, uh, as a group that seems to be so considerate and 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 nice. When it comes to the hotel rooms, you get requests like, "I need to be near an elevator," or. <laughs> I need, or or do not or you post you know, like these are you these these are the judges you know these are the pairs and then you start finding out about all this infighting and drama and you just have to start you know I don't want to stay with this person they snore and just all the finangling and then you know, the people that are gonna be like, oh, I was I did request a room for Friday night, but I don't need it because the flights actually coming in on Saturday morning and then you gotta switch someone around. Because you're not as a TO who's paying for the room, you're not going to leave half a room empty. You're gonna try and optimize it so that you're paying the least amount of money for rooms. And Damn. just judges are terrible at at, yeah. at communicating uh in advance uh, uh not you know just being kind of go with the flow it's oh they're, they're awful yeah and and with magic
2: <laughs> 30 meg had over 200 judges on staff so it's a you, lot it doesn't take much to figure out that that cannot be simple yeah i'd probably say
1: about with 200 about 50 of them were problem children
0: <laughs> yeah when i saw meg and john talking about uh what an ordeal it was to deal with the hotel rooms for magic 30 i found it extremely easy to believe them like that seems yeah. like an it, absolute headache of a task and,
2: and the thing that wasn't being said and and i think you probably caught it caught on to it was they had multiple dates where they said okay at this point in time you're going to hear about your hotels and we just did not And I think they were dealing with all the different problems, not just with not just with the judges, though. I think the hotels were also difficult. Um, You know, you're trying to make all these arrangements and and their front desk staff may not know the answer to questions. And then suddenly it goes into a black hole of service. So um, it's a compensation consideration. It's something that is nice. um, But the stipend, I think, is is fine.
1: Yeah. And the, the last the last thing is, oh, you've got a room. Well, can you. Can you also allow me and my friend to stay with you in your compter room? Yeah. Yeah. No. That, yep, that's, that, that right there ruins it. Ruins it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think 250 a day with a hotel stipend of a hundred bucks is, for a floor judge, is pretty decent. Yeah. Like, like I look at that, I look at that and I was like, could it be better? Yeah, but I'm not going to complain about it. Yep. So. Uh, so the pro tour they posted uh they posted what the pro tour gets and that actually went down by about from what i recall it was about five hundred dollars for just a floor judge
0: mm. uh so yeah from the pro tour application uh it looked like a floor judge gets uh three fifty uh appeals judge four fifty and the head judge 550 uh each per day. Uh, however, they were also every every person on the flo- on the pro tour it appears is getting a travel voucher which starts at $600 for North American judges and then goes up depending on where you are around the globe and how far you have to travel to get to the pro tour. Yeah. So the the five hundred you're talking about for past pro tours was that uh before uh travel expenses or was how did yeah so what what happened was is
1: they would um you'd be contracted for either two days or three days and then mm-hmm. they would give you there were two tiered Now, again, I'm talking floor judges. They basically had a distance that you had to travel. And if you were within a certain distance, you got X amount of money. And if you were outside that range, you got Y amount of money. And it was about 18, 1900 uh, for if you were close and a floor judge working two days. So looking at this, going like, all right, uh, what is it? It's three fifty, three fifty times two. That's seven hundred plus a six hundred voucher. That's thirteen hundred. That's like like five hundred is like five hundred to seven hundred dollars less than you used to. And that kind of like if you think about it, if you're working the pro tour, that's kind of the pinnacle of judging, right?
0: Yeah, that's about as high as it gets. That's that is. I guess there's uh, worlds above that. Yeah. but that's only one event a year.
1: Yeah, but you 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 bust your butt and you get to the 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 top of the food chain, and uh uh thirteen hundred dollars on the weekend is the uh, you know the best the the best you got.
0: Well, I think that um, yeah, it sends a message for sure that uh you know they they said a while ago the um you know Watsi that they. Did not expect playing the game to be a full time professional job uh, anymore, and you know it's yeah you know, it's hard to argue that that's not also the case for judges. It's it's very difficult to make it work as a full time gig, and I think the vast majority of people see it as a hobby or just a, a side hustle. These uh these pro tour numbers these are the first time. I've looked at them, uh, as I believe in the past the application was not public, uh, so this was my first time being able okay. to see what was being offered. Um, but the you know, I looking at it, I thought it seemed pretty reasonable. It did not uh, strike me as egregious uh, when I was looking at these for the first time.
1: Um, when you consider when you consider the fact that you want to bring people in from all over the world because you have language considerations and stuff like that. And you are, you know, quite literally, yeah, I don't want to say like every, almost every judge or maybe not with what they're going to staff at now. But, uh, if you look at like 2017, stuff like that, like every single, every single judge on the pro tour could actually like head judge a six to 700 person event. Like your, your Mm -hmm. staff is essentially a staff of head judges. Only some of them are, are, are actual head judges for the, for the event. I don't know. I just kind of feel like if this is, this is the pinnacle, this is the top, this is, you know, and you want, whereas at a pro tour for players, you can have a churn, you know, and you have new players every quarter, that kind of thing with pro tour judges, you don't necessarily want a churn you want like known cuz these are people running your event you want known quant known dependable quantity qualities and quantities of judges well your right? floor
2: judges are typically for a pro tour they're typically l3s right i mean yep. Cor- they they will correct. still occasionally staff an l2 right now but there's some stipulation right
0: yeah i so my experience I worked the players tour in 2020 which was I think I was one of I want to say 3 or 4 I forget exactly but very few uh L2s who were put on uh for that event and uh I I applied for this one um with the blessing of several of my closest uh L3 mentors uh, and i'm not expecting to get on i think it is quite the long shot that i get on but uh you know yeah i, th- I, I think I like crossed my fingers and pulled the trigger
1: a bajillion judges are gonna apply for the pro tour
0: <laughs> oh yeah the... and and it's they've also shrunk in size since uh yeah. before so they need they don't need 50 judges they need like 18 or 22 or something
1: yeah. yep all so, right
0: yeah i would be i would be ecstatic to get on but i'm not expecting it
1: all right. So the Pro Tour, Pro Tour horse has probably been beaten. So there are some uh, other other concerns in trying to figure out, um, you know, just in general, not necessarily tied to any specific event. Um, but you know, we the the landscape of things has changed due to a global pandemic. Even yep. in Florida, there are still people wearing masks at events in a state where we are not allowed to ask people to wear masks
0: yeah uh i'll say uh i'm happier working events that still have safety considerations um and you know require masks and i understand that not every event not every to is able to do that because you know local governments have their own policies but uh, i've seen a lot of people talking you know in in recent months or weeks about how we're in the post covid times uh and that kind of gets my blood up <laughs> it is definitely still a a consideration, and when you're thinking about applying to work at a large event with a whole bunch of people from all over the area it it should be a thing you consider um uh, yeah. Sorry you know, <laughs> sorry it, to be a downer, but it's not
2: over. We used to get concred all the time, you know, beforehand. Yeah, If we had just worn a mask on the on a convention floor, on on, a, on an event floor for eight hours, we probably would have prevented ourselves from getting concred half the time. Uh, that's a consideration. My friend, pharmacist judge, went and said something interesting. He used the phrase risk budget when talking about safety concerns, Mm -hmm. we all have our our own risk budget, how much we're willing to risk, what makes sense to us? Um, Is this event going to be too big for me? Uh, Are there going to be too many people there? How many dinners and meals am I going to take where I'm, I'm seated around a crowded room of people? We have to figure these things out. What's happening back with our own families and so forth. I only recently took the plunge to, to start to work again, but I know that there are other judges out there that, that aren't ready to do it yet. But I think that if you're really yeah. careful, I think that there's less concern than there was. I just don't think it's non-zero yet. Agreed. Yeah. The uh,
0: Yeah. It's, you just have to think for yourself, what are you willing to tolerate for risk? and? Uh, honestly, that should be a consideration besides just, uh, COVID in, you know, if you find a hotel room that's, you know, $23 a night mm-hmm. instead of, uh, uh, I- instead of something more reasonable because it's in the wrong side of town, well, you're, you can save some money and maybe it's in the wrong side of town for a reason and you have to decide for yourself, uh, how risky do you think that is? And what is your tolerance level for that kind of thing? And you know, like all of this, just make your own choice based on what what you can tolerate. Yeah. So just
1: things things to consider when when doing this. Um, what's what's the travel? What's the lodging? Food costs have gone up. When when doing the calculations, you know, even though we said we were not going to go into to taxes, there is the expectation that you pay taxes on this stuff, which does factor into the calculus. Um, you can, um, I believe deduct your expenses, uh, again, not a CPA certified, uh, not a, not a you know, tax
2: person. And, wh- and while we're not, um, pay attention to judge conferences, uh, every once in a while, a good presentation will pop up on this topic. And there are some very, um, interesting and learned views out there for you to, uh, learn to, for you to, uh, gain some insight from
1: so you you bring up you bring up conferences, and I'm going to say there is this desire to have conferences attached to these large events, yes, because the expectation the the hope is that the foils provide a little additional compensation to the judges for for this event i I realize that that's going to factor into people's calculus. I hate the fact that there's this push again for conferences tied to large events to make up for the fact that the TOs don't necessarily pay enough.
0: I dislike the idea of the conference as uh, additional compensation with the event. However... You know, it it is a great opportunity to get together with uh, a bunch of judges from outside your local area yeah. and spend some time, you know, connecting and learning from each other. And so... I think it would also be a mistake to say, you know, you, you can only have conferences on Saturdays at the local game store. You can't have them at the large like something along those lines I think would be bad. So it's a it's a tough spot.
1: I just hate the fact that it's instead of pushing the large tournament organizers to pay better, the solution has been have a conference on Friday. Like I I dislike the fact that that's been the solution. Absolutely, large events where that's pulling lots of judges from lots of areas, you get a much better cross section of presenters than you do the after the seventh uh, uh, local conf- Saturday conference of the same twenty judges. You know, like you're gonna get a lot more out of that conference. I just really really dislike the fact that 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 the solution to less than stellar compensation has been at a conference and not pay the judges more. Okay. So obviously we're looking to maximize our compensation. What, uh, what advice can we give judges?
0: So I have, uh, two points, uh, one is that, especially if you are, you know, if you're going to be spending money at the game store, uh, b- sorry, both of these are more applicable for, uh, local stuff than larger ones, but if you're, you know, doing a, an event at your local game store where you hang out and spend a bunch of time anyway, and you're going to be going to them for the new D&D book or the new foil for, you know, that comes out in the new set or whatever, uh, a lot of times getting credit for a higher dollar amount instead of cash uh, can be a a great way to make it so that you and the TO both make more. Uh, you know for example if you're buying singles that they have 100% markup on if you get 150 bucks instead of 100 when then you got get the foils with them they feel like they made more money and you feel like you made more money so everybody wins a lot of tos uh some of the larger ones that have like online systems and will allow you to transfer credit to other people one thing i've seen some judges do when they're you know don't immediately need the money they will take the extra pay in store credit and then sell that off uh via Facebook or Twitter or whatever connecting with players they will sell off the store credit to other people for extra dollars. And so this uh if you're not if you're okay with it not e- immediately getting your cash, then this can be a way to jump through a couple extra hoops and get some extra cash for it.
1: I I have seen just for the selling of the store credit, I would caution judges about the level of visibility uh i know for a fact that some tos have gotten a little miffed at people going in and like i've got a thousand dollars store credit in such and such 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 place what will anybody give me for it you know mm. in a in in a very public uh, uh widely disseminated uh forum
0: so gotcha I hadn't heard that, but I can believe it. Uh so yeah, you know, make sure that the TO is okay with that and that your, you know, uh they don't mind you moving the store credit around to other people. Being discreet
2: is a good good word there.
1: Yeah, I think maybe not posted to like a a group with like 50,000 followers kind of thing.
2: Uh the
0: other one that has worked well for me in Montana where we are frequently pretty spread out is trying to set up events to uh, be on the same weekend uh, or even at the same spot. Uh, So if you have to, you know, if you're driving two hours three different times for three different local game stores in the next town over, instead of, you know, doing that on separate weekends, if you're able to try and talk to the stores, maybe get them in a group chat and coordinate you know so that they work together a bit then that can help you uh save a lot on travel time like for example if you are able to talk two of the stores into hosting their events you know together in the same uh hotel ballroom or something then you have one event at 11 a.m the next rcq at 2 and then the next rcq at 4 to catch all the folks dropping out of the previous event uh something like that you can get your gas and travel costs way down uh, over the course of the month when you do, you know, out and back once instead of three separate trips. I will say
1: one thing that is a, a, a non-bow for saving comp is traveling with players. And I realize that there are some people that live, live far out, and, and traveling with pay players is pretty consistent. But a few things, especially if the players are driving... They can decide to just not go (laughs) and you can't because if you're working the event, they also need to arrive at the event later than you do. And they're probably going to want to leave earlier than you do as well. So, um, yeah, traveling with people. Great. But make sure that they have a similar commitment and a similar schedule.
0: Yeah, definitely. When I'm coordinating with players, I'm just always the driver and uh yep. I invite folks to come with me and I make sure they know here's the time I'm going to arrive at the event and I'm there until I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> um, yep, that's yeah.
1: that is is if you have the car keys, you have uh uh do you want to make your He-Man reference? Yeah, here? sure,
2: sure. You have the power. <laughs> <laughs> i i think that we can we can jump right to that that one bit there um one thing that we do want to talk about just just very briefly is we want to give credit to nicholas sabin uh i i'm going to say it's about three months ago but time is weird uh and it's possible it was slightly longer uh nick nicholas wrote an excellent excellent article that's both a criticism and and reasonably fair uh discussion of judge compensation um and I, we want you to take a look at it, so we're going to make sure that's in the short show notes for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth the read, and it it kind of sums up in a lot of ways. It gives a little bit more history than than we did, uh, but it it hits on some of the same notes. But it does actually provide the larger context of the before times
2: definitely so if we covered everything do we have everything uh, all all wrapped up in a nice little red bow for for uh, under the under the tree
1: ultimately yeah just to sum it up ultimately uh figure out your motivations figure out your expenses figure out if it's worth it like if you got to take vacation time off on a friday to travel to an event that's essentially money also you know so Figure all that stuff out and then ask yourself, is it is it worth it? And, you know, be realistic. Don't overvalue yourself. Like if you're going in and saying, like, well, I should make, you know, sixty dollars an hour. Oh, uh, That's what is it It might be in
0: the wrong line of work.
1: Yeah. If you're if you're thinking if you're thinking that you should make be making sixty dollars an hour, like after after all your travel expenses and stuff like that, that is. What was that like? A hundred and twenty—that that equates to a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, six figures. Something yeah. like that. You're doing okay. Yeah, you're. Oh uh, yeah, if you think if that's so, it's just just be <laughs> realistic with yourself and realize that if you are charging, you know, dollars, be sure to provide the service that justifies those dollars being spent on your services.
2: Right. You don't want to work in the negative too much. Um, if you can avoid it at all, it'd probably be good. And you don't want to doing it for free undervalues other judges around you. So, you know, you should be leaving with something in your pocket.
1: Yeah, that, that is where, where Brooke was talking about his situation at the beginning. Uh, my, my situation is, is I don't need the money, but I still charge as though I do because um, I don't want to undervalue other judges work and and I, I treat that like I won't apply to events that I think undervalue what judges should get
0: paid yeah again it's it's I, I think that there is basically no wrong answer here uh, you know whether you decide to charge seven dollars or two thousand dollars like uh Just be aware of what are going to be the consequences of those choices and put some thought into it before you arrive at the number you are happy with for your
2: situation. That's a really, really good way to think about it. I I like that. So uh, that's it. We're all good. Yeah. All right. That's our episode. Join us next time when we talk about, well, it'll be the new year by the time we actually sit down again. So we'll probably have a new set to review, right? Uh, Until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at JudgeCast. Until then, I'm Charles Featherer, and I keep it fair.
0: I'm Brooke Gardner-Durbin, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman
1: and I have poor impulse control. (laughs)